in my lifetime, I've met a lot of preachers. I love preachers. It's an amazing thing. Before I was saved, I wasn't raised in any church at all. No, no gospel in my family. In fact, when I got born again, on my side of the family and Vicky's side, nobody was born again. We were all destined for hell forever. Isn't that something? But since I got born again, everybody in her bloodline and mine, as far as we can reach, and as far as we know, are all blood-washed, born-again Christians. Is that powerful or what? I, didn't, I used to have an attitude about preachers, but I really didn't know any. That was just the devil in, a, in an unbeliever's mind. I thought all preachers were tea-sipping, cookie-nibbling, ladies' guys. I love cookies, don't mind tea. Got one lady of my own, but I didn't want that for a preacher. I thought they were all sissified, you know. I was wrong. You just read your Bible. Some of the toughest guys you ever read about are preachers in the Bible. Man, Paul was left for dead. Look what they did to Jesus, the preacher, and he kept on preaching. I'm saying all this because in all my years, I've met a lot of preachers. I've met a lot of pastors, and, and honestly, some of them should be deacons. They have a good heart. They want to help. Maybe grandma prayed them into the pulpit. Maybe they thought this was a great career to choose. But here and there, I find shepherds that are true pastors, and that's what you have. And there's no flattery in that. I don't have to say any of this. I don't. But you're a witness. You're a witness that God has anointed them with a pastor's anointing and with a shepherd's heart. So they'll be kind. They'll love you. They'll hold you in their arms. They'll kick you in the blessed assurance <laughs> if that's what it takes to keep you in the path of God. Can I have an amen on it, please? Amen. I did bring a Bible. I know we used up a lot of my speaking time, but who cares if you obey God, amen. right? This is church, man. It's not just for teaching, but we are Bible people. Say, I am, I am. A, Bible person. a Bible person. Yes, you are. And your pastor is a Bible man. Say it. I'm going to the book of Hebrews chapter 2. Turn there, please. Hebrews 2. Say amen or something. Amen. You go quiet like that, we think you're going cold. I'll give you a little hint if you like to see you dismiss on time or go to lunch on time. When your pastor's preaching, just say amen as loud as you can. Jump up and down once in a while. Yell at him, go on, preacher, get it done. Something like that. And then we feel like you're getting it. And we pull the plug early and say, hey, there's no reason to go on. They got it, man. But when you get silent and quiet and boring, and ain't just preachers that are boring. Congregations are boring sometimes. Look to someone and just judge them. For, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, 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 do it. don't do it. Bad doctrine, Doc. Bad doctrine. Did you find Hebrews 2 yet? Hebrews 2. Verse 1, help us, Lord. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. What, 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 what? More earnest heed? Pay even more attention? Is what it means. I should, I paid attention, Doc, when Pastor was teaching, or the book I read, or the, whatever he recommended to me in the classrooms. But this is saying, 
now that we're in the last days, we should pay even more attention, not less, because the warfare of life will cause you to think less, pray less. There's a lot of people changing their mind about the things of God. It's meant to be by the Antichrist. We have, we have many churches now, even in the great country of America, the United States, that they are anti-Christian churches. They've kicked out the Holy Spirit. They mock the Bible. Even some of the famous preachers don't read the red letters, don't follow the teachings of Jesus. There is no place called hell. This is called, the Bible calls this heresy, not a difference. A difference is whether your church stands up for a song and another one sets down. That's a difference. There can be differences, but there can't be heresy. So this says you and I have to pay even more earnest attention. Take heed to the things which you have heard. Now, how do you do that, Doc? You re-listen to them. You re-listen to what your pastor's teaching. You know, technically, I mean biblically, technically, technically, you should take everything, like, like say this morning, on a regular Sunday, your pastor's pastoring you, teaching you. The idea is for you to take that message coming to you from a shepherd's heart, actually from the Lord, into the shepherd's heart, digested, coming out of his mouth, into your ear, into your heart. That's a supernatural event. And faith comes with it. What's that mean? You get enough, you get enough courage and faith to, to be able to go perform what he taught you. You don't have to do it in your own power. Some people try. It doesn't work very good. The weapons of our warfare, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, are not natural. They're mighty through God. They're what? They're not just mighty. There's a lot of fake prophecies going around. Demons, according to the Bible, can perform false miracles, signs and wonders. The gifts of God that, are, that belong to us are only mighty through God. You've got to walk with God. Say it. I've got to walk with God. Turn to someone next to you and say, I wish you'd get closer to God. All right, turn around the other way and say, same to you, buddy. Man, that was almost like causing discord among the brethren, wasn't it, right there? Yeah. This right here said, take even more heed. Now, I have, this is not judgment. I just have a question. What do you do while your pastor teaches and preaches or his delegate what do you do are you on your iPhone droid phone iPad your Apple watch what are you doing I'm just, it's a question don't look at me y'all just looked at me like ah oh, there he just slapped me hard no I didn't I asked you a question uh, a lot of people Take notes on their electronic devices. I get that. I'm, I might be old, but I ain't that old. I like technology. It's wonderful if it's used properly. But the point is, if Jesus himself is in our church meetings, which he is, if you can't feel him this morning, uh, just come up here and lay at the altar for a couple of hours after church. And soak in some of that residue anointing because he is here. He's here every time we gather. 
which is a whole nother sermon or, or another question. What do you do when you leave your car and enter this sanctuary? Do you have a realization you're in his presence? Or are you just having church? Is it fellowship time? See, well, one thing's for sure. If no one else is listening to me, demon-possessed Siri is listening to me. Shut your mouth. Come out. She said something one day, and I said, you are demon-possessed. And the little wheel turned, and she came back and said, that is not nice. It's a computer, but I saw, so I answered. I didn't mean to be nice. Little wheel turned. She said, well, maybe you should work on that. <laughs> so I don't know. Speaking of technology, I'm not, I'm not criticizing you. I'm just asking you the question. Do you daydream? Do you wish you weren't here? What's going on when the, by, when the, man, the holy man with a Bible in his hand or woman what are we doing? Are we listening? Are you taking it in? Is it changing your life? Are you taking notes? Because you're supposed to get the full blast because you're a Christian. But the goal is for you to take pastor's message, break it down into spoon-sized bites. Because when you go to witness to people where you buy gas, groceries, dry cleaner, car dealer, where you work, family members, they're not going to stand for the whole message. They won't get it anyhow. The things of God must be spiritually discerned or recognized. That's why a lot of people aren't good at, win they're not good at winning souls. Sinners will debate you over issues that has nothing to do with them going to heaven or hell. It's built into the fallen nature, whether they know they're doing it or not, they're, 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 they're repelling you. That's that old nature. So for you, to, for, for you to go talk to people about, they ask you questions about speaking in tongues. You can't explain to anybody about speaking in tongues. Good, good try. You can give them some Bible verses. You can, I've even done this. You can say, oh, speaking in tongues. Yeah, you want to hear something? Hisha, kalamahata. They just bristle up and run. <laughs> they don't get it. Why don't they get it? Because Satan, Bible, Satan has blinded the minds of humans. Lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine upon or into them. Now, if a man is naturally blind, and I tried to explain to him a technicolor picture, portrait, painting. And I say, look at this, look at this, uh, this bright red cardinal bird. Do you have cardinals here? We, we have more than our share. We'll ship some to you from Michigan. <laughs> and it's like, look at this. Can you see it? And that yellow, that yellow, you know, uh, uh, oriole. Uh, wow, can you see it? Setting with that beautiful sunset. And you can explain that red cardinal and that beautiful yellow, you know, other bird, oriole, and the sunset to that blind man, but he's never seen it. He can't see it. He has no reference point 
of what a red cardinal is, even if he's knowledgeable that there's a bird called a cardinal and it is red. He's never seen it. He cannot see it. He's blind. That's why when you and I go out and try to debate sinners or try to tell them everything you know, try to explain tithing to a sinner. He's going to call your pastor a thief first five minutes. You're an idiot giving your money to the church, they say. I had a drunk in my town. He's a very rich drunk, one of the richest business people in my area. And I bumped into him uh, downtown, and he said, you're that preacher, man. And uh, you preachers are always getting people to give money. I said, well, I give money to the kingdom of God. Well, see, there's the problem. What would you just give your money away for? I said, well, let me, let me look at you a minute. You look to be about 65 I'm probably not right. I couldn't work at the fair <laughs> and guess ages. In fact, I'm smarter than that. The guy says, if you give me $2, I'll tell you how old you are. And I say, I already know. <laughs> you give me $2, I'll tell you how old I am. You know. And I said to him, I said, you know what? I smell alcohol on you. Booze is the highest price it's ever been. I smell cigarettes or cigars on you. And they're the highest price they've ever been. I have no idea how many shots you take, whiskey, bourbon, vodka, or how much beer you drink, or how many cigarettes you smoke. I have an idea these are not your only vices. And my friend, if I could add up from the day you started smoking and the day you drank your first beer to today, I would say you probably are spending as much money on killing yourself and ruining your family and killing your flesh as much as I've given to God's work, and I'm healthy, strong, and smell like nothing but God. Amen. Think about it. See, Now, what you can do and what you should do in these spoon-sized bites that you get out of your pastor's message, right? you got to take that to other people in spoon-sized bites. Now, here's the deal. God has given to every human... The measure of faith. Not a measure. The measure. Huh? Well, pastor, doctor, reverend, I thought faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That is correct. And faith is the power that helps you overcome this world. That's why you need more preaching, not less. God's smart. Say it. God's smart. He knows you need more church now than you've ever needed it before. Because it's that dark out there. But if every man, every human born has a gift called the measure of faith, I view it this way, like a little present, like at Christmas or your birthday, it's all wrapped up, got a bow on it, but it stays in here in a box all wrapped up with a bow on it until one of you or me, we come along and we present the gospel of Jesus Christ to get saved, not debate over Pentecostal doctrines, not debate over money, not even debate over government, not debate. No, 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 no. Preach the gospel, the good news that you don't have to go to hell. And oh, by the way, why would they want to get saved if they don't know they're going to hell? Listen to a former sinner. When you ask a sinner to get saved and they don't know about hell, 
they interpret that as you're asking them to go to church. And guess what most sinners never do? Look forward to going to church, not even with you. They got to know there's a hell and a burning hell, and it lasts as long as heaven. And when you die, my friend, you go to heaven or hell. There's only two choices, and after you take your last breath, you're all done. No one can buy you out, give you out, pray you out, light a candle or ten. You, you're done. You're done. Last breath, you're done. Whatever to say, and you won't be unconscious. Remember the story in the Bible? It's not a make-believe story. It's an account, like all Bible accounts. Lazarus and the rich man, they're in the belly of the earth, Abraham's bosom one side, Sheol, the holding tank for another place called hell on the other side. And that man had recollection. He knew about his family on the earth. He said, can you send someone to my brother's? See, he's, he's already dead, but he's got recollection. He's not like unconscious and no memory like some people teach. This is why it's so important that you remember how you got born again so you can easily get someone else born again because if you can define hell to people, whoever wants to go there. Don't listen to these loony bins telling you there's no place called hell. Not even the preacher loony bins. Because Jesus Christ not only said there's a place called hell, he literally defined what it was, how long it lasts, who's not going there, and who's going there. More than any person ever and anybody written in your scriptures, nobody talked more about eternal damnation than Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I was going to let you out early. I just now, I just now penalized you five minutes for your silence. So there. One of the greatest preachers ever said, there are many who would love to send their disciples to Bible school for five years. He said, I'd rather send mine to hell for five minutes and they'll win the whole world. Think about that. Now, plug your ears right now. If you don't want to hear what I'm going to say, but you don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I pray this, and I'm dead serious about it. I'm asking God to show every Christian everywhere a glimpse of hell, a dream of hell. You know, if our young people had a nightmare about hell and who's going there and they could if they continue to just mock their parents, mock, make light of the gospel, skip church live with their buddies and pals wear their little t-shirts born to raise hell or something if they had one glimpse of burning hell the way Jesus Christ talked about it I'm going to tell you a whole lot of things would change in people's lives yeah but pastor Brother Barclay, I'm saved by grace. I know it. Or you're not saved. You can't get saved any other way but by the grace, the gift of God. Right? But you got to do something about it. He did, he did something about it. That's why you, did, you said yes. Yeah. And so if we can go to that sinner 
knowing he's got this little package in here that God gave every human the measure. What measure? Enough to get saved. Not enough to live by. Not enough to beat all the demons. That comes by hearing the word. See, if you go down to the cereal section, how many of you like cereal at the, from the store? Anybody? Careful, some of it will kill you. Uh, so you go down and, and you go down the cereal section. Uh, I don't know who, what kind of cereal you like? Who? Huh? Honeycomb. Honeycomb? Go, girl, go. Wait a minute. What, do you have a whole list? Okay, so honeycomb, fruit loops, and frosted flakes. Yeah, pops. Yeah, there's an extended list, but those are the top Just stop right there. Do you want to look like this? Go ahead. Keep doing it, sweetie. Keep doing it, sweetie. Keep doing the Cheerios, Fruit Loops. You can take that box, turn it sideways, usually on the column. It'll tell you some of the stuff that's in it. They usually took it all out and added it back, but they claim it's in there. You don't know. You're living by faith. Aren't you? In a lot of areas, people say, I, I don't know that living by faith stuff. Did you go to work Monday without your paycheck on Friday? You trusted that human. You trusted that corporation, that store. You, you took their word at it that you'd work, I don't know what you work, 8, 10. Some people work 12, 14 hours a day and don't get paid until five, six days. With enough faith and trust in that human that they're going to come through with a check and it's going to be good. Okay, five more minutes, penalization <laughs> for your holy silence. Do you know on the column of most of those boxes, that, that's my alarm, you're done. <laughs> so those of you that come to the second service, We'll, we'll learn all about ribble flavin. It always makes me. Hey, I'm a Marine, man. It's like another sermon has died. Show some respect. Kenneth Copeland's my friend. I was when I first got that alarm. One of my grandkids put that on there, and I was preaching for him down at Fort Worth, and it went off. And he's in the front row, of course, and he just starts shaking his head. <laughs> and I looked at him. He goes, yeah, the only way to stop a Marine is to play taps. <laughs> so I will wrap it up now, but I, but I want to finish that one little bit. So there's this thing called ribbleflavin. What on earth? Is that like cow manure? Is that like uh, parsley? Is like ribble flavin? Most of you have never been taught what ribble flavin is. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. But it's in that cereal, isn't it? It's in that cereal, most of it, right? But when you eat your little Fruit Loops, honeycomb first, sorry. Man, I'll get this down. You keep it up, we're going to lunch together today, just let me tell you. At least me and your cereal are going to lunch together today. You eat that bowl of cereal, you can't taste the riboflavin or other things in there, but it's in there. 
And it's in there on purpose. And when you come to hear your pastor preach, you don't just get knowledge. If you stay in a church long enough, you'll hear your pastor repeat things. He'll repeat all of his stories because we don't make up stories. Fake preachers make up stories. Or fake preachers, they borrow other preachers' stories and then make you think they're their stories. But a true man and woman of God, we don't make up any stories. So the only stories your pastors have are the ones they've lived. So stick around a while and you might hear a repeat story. Or how many times have you heard your pastors teach the same topic or use the same verses? This is not a violation. This is a strength. The power of pastoring is repetition. That's right. Knowledge is one thing. Wisdom is knowledge pounded in. Oh, that's why you, when you raise your babies, you didn't tell them just one time to brush their teeth. Or you'd nickname moss for green. And you'd spend a lot of money on that. You had to pound that in. Pound that in. Brush your teeth. Clean up your room. Get the garbage out from under your bed. I know now I'm penalizing you. I mean, I'm sitting down now. You're wearing me out now. I'm sitting down on the job now. Are you still out there? Yeah. Don't make me do what I had to do at home a while ago. We're shooting international TV. It was deader than a doorknob. I almost went to sleep. <laughs> I had to talk to the, the audience by television and say, listen, boys and girls out there, these are not mannequins. We did not rob the wax museum. Now, they're dead. I mean, they're alive, but they're dead. They, don't make, they haven't even made a peep. But I didn't want you to know. I just want you to know this is not a set. And maybe one day they'll come alive and be excited about what I preach. Can I have an amen? amen. Now that I'm closing, you finally get your little amen or fixed. Thanks a lot. Wow. Yeah. When your pastor teaches, preaches, or his designate delegate when this book is open, knowledge is coming. We're going to read it. We're going to refer to it. I read a verse today and he referred to about five of them. He's going to read verses and he's going to refer to one or two or a bunch. Or if he's in teaching mode, which we need to do, he might have a handful of verses, and we're going to look at every one of them. Turn to this. It's like a tour of the Bible, and it's good, right? But that's not all that's happening, and I, want to, I really am going to close, but that's not all that's happening. Faith is coming to you. You might not feel it. You might not, it might not jazz you at all. There, be, there may be no goosebumps or electrical shock treatments, but it's invisible. Like the ribble flavin in your cereal. But if you eat that cereal, that's in your bowl. It's going in your mouth and it's going in your system. And it's going to do whatever it was meant to do. I know it's a simple illustration. I have a feeling that uh, we should dismiss and go down to the grocery store now for an illustrated sermon. <laughs> in the cereal section. Because some of you are looking like, that is not in my cereal. I think we're going to have a cereal box reading thing today down at the grocery store. Yeah. Faith is coming that overcomes this world. That's why more and more and more and more and more 
you got to get in here. Let the holy man with a Bible in his hand, and he could teach on what kind of wood Noah used to build the ark, and faith will still be released in you. Fighting faith that destroys every yoke and lifts every burden, that sweet anointing of God. Lift your hands to him, Father.